Yesterday, Mary gave birth to the Son of God in a stable. Today, Mary and Joseph lose Jesus in Jerusalem. I'm sure that all parents struggle with self-doubt, but can you really imagine this? You know, it's enough pressure raising a normal kid, the kind that aren't the Son of God. I mean, can you imagine if the fate of the human race depended on your parenting? If you had the job of raising the Messiah, the Savior? I mean, no pressure, right? And let's just say it hasn't gotten off to a great start, you know? You're not a lot of confidence boosting. I mean, you've got nine months to prepare for this and to figure out, you know, a hygienic birthing location. And you end up, the best you can do is a stable, you know? The savior of all mankind, the best you could do is a stable. And now fast forward, and Jesus is a preteen, and he's lost in the biggest city in all Judea. I mean, for three days. You better believe they were freaking out, you know? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. Is a great anxiety. That sounds like a, an understatement, you know? He's lost for three days, the son of God. You had one job, you know, the savior of mankind. You know, just keep track of him, please. And I have to imagine that Mary just look, looked up to heaven at some point in those three days looking for Jesus, totally exasperated, saying, this was your idea. You know, you did this. This was your plan. You could have done it some other way. And she would be totally right. You know, God the Father could have sent his son into creation in any other way. He could have dropped down from heaven like Thor, or just emerged from the sea, or apparated out of thin air. He's God. He could do that. So Mary would be right. You know, this is on you. And honestly, every parent could say the same thing to God at times. You know, God could have made us some other way. He didn't have to create families. He didn't have to make us with the power to reproduce. He could have made us like the angels. You know, the angels don't have kids. Every angel that will ever exist existed at the moment of its creation. And even if he wanted us to have babies, he could have created us to reproduce in some other way. He didn't have to make us male and female. He could have made us reproduce like asexual inse insects. Apparently the walking sticks are all clones of each other. You know, those little creepy looking bugs. Yeah, they're creepy for a reason. They're all clones. We could have been made to reproduce like that. It'd be weird, but God could have done it. That wasn't his plan. He desired to create the family, male and female, dad, mom, and kids, and grandpas and grandmas and aunts and uncles and cousins. He wanted to make us depend upon each other. And it really is amazing because he could have done it differently. But he wanted to share, in, he wanted to share with us his power of creating life. He wanted us to have that dignity of being co-creators with him, to share in his project of creation. So he gave us the power to create life, to create immortal life, to bring children into the world with immortal souls, to forever alter the fabric of the universe, of creation. 
The children you bear are destined to live forever in his kingdom. That's the power he's given us. It's a godlike power. It's the power to create life that will never die. And in that moment we are most powerful, we're also most dependent. Man depends upon woman. Woman depends upon man. God humbles us, even though he makes us godlike. We have this godlike power to create life, but to use it we must humbly recognize that we need something we don't have. We need each other. And of course, not just to create life, but to raise it as well. We need each other. Mom and dad and sons and daughters need to love each other to make it work. The family needs to work together. And the community needs to step in when mom or dad aren't in the picture or they're struggling. Friends and siblings need to fill the gap. Everyone will have to make sacrifices for this to work, to put each other first, to grow together. And God didn't have to make it this way, but he did. Because God loves the family. The family is one of his greatest creations. The thing he's most especially proud of. Because it's a school of love. It's a temple. It's holy. You know, but small comfort to Mary and Joseph. You know, that's all nice and beautiful. You know, the family is a school of love. It's holy. God loves it. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that your preteen is lost in the biggest city of Judea, you know. They're freaking out. But of course, knowing that God loves the family does change something. On day two, looking for lost Jesus, when Mary looks up to heaven, or on a hard day in your family, when you feel like a bad parent and you look up to God and say, this was your idea, God gives an answer. Yes, it was my idea. One of my best. The family is holy. The family is holy not because it's perfect. If it were perfect, it wouldn't be so holy. The family is holy not because it is perfect, but because even its imperfections can be a training in love. And even Mary and Joseph had to learn this. A stable birth and a lost preteen. I'm sure the Lord knew that they felt like they were failing in a way, and he gave them a consolation. When they found Jesus in the temple, he was totally calm. You know, that had to be really annoying, <laughs> you know? Can you imagine? They're all freaking out. We've been looking for you, and he's just totally calm. And ask them, why are you so anxious? You know? <laughs> Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? It is a strange consolation, but it, it is a consolation. Because when Jesus says those words with that annoying calm, he's telling Mary and Joseph that they aren't parenting alone. Their family is bigger than perhaps even they realize, that God the Father is at work. He won't let them fail. He has a stake in this family. And he has a stake in every family. Your marriage is consecrated to him. 
It's a sacramental bond, a holy bond. Your children are consecrated to him by their baptism. They've been adopted by him. They are his. And no matter how broken your family may be and however you feel like you're building a, a household on your own, the truth is that you build your family in your father's house. God has a stake in your family. He won't let any failure go to waste. He can save a stable birth and a lost preteen. Brokenness does not get in his way. He can work with brokenness. And this is the good news of the Holy Family. This is family wisdom handed down to us by Mary and Joseph. You can't make your family perfect, but God can make it holy. You can consecrate your family to God. The failures and imperfections and anxieties, all of it. You can give your family to God and call him out. This was your idea. Make it holy. Give us love through every struggle, every anxiety. Make our family a school of love. And even if the great anxiety doesn't go away, and it won't, you will find Jesus. He will be waiting for you. His calm will be annoying. But he will smile at you anyway. And you will hear him say the words that give perfect peace and joy. Welcome home. Welcome to your father's house.